Hello everybody and welcome back to another wonderful episode of Guapish Rule 34. As always, I'm your host Tanner, and today I'm joined by an extra spooktacular cast, including our very own American werewolf in Oregon, Nico. So, like, men get called gay for being in touch with their feminine side, you know? But, like, just imagine being so in tune with a girl that you can sensitively turn her around and f- Interesting. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> also joining us is our uh, ghost of Halloween's past, Jackson. Nico makes it really hard to do follow-ups because he's just got these absolute showstoppers and then I've got to say some bullshit right after it anyway, so mm -hmm. I am pretty pale, so I think it's a pretty apt description. And there we go. And finally joining us, Frankenstein's little monster, Dylan. Hey, I may be a little in size, but I got a big ol' heart, I can guarantee you that. Mm -hmm. A big undead heart, revived by magic, um... I've never read Frankenstein. Is it magic? Uh, no. No, it's science. Fuck. God. Practically the same well, in some people's eyes. If I just rewrote the entirety of Frankenstein but made it magic but changed nothing else, could I release that as my own original work? Yeah. I mean, Frankenstein is already public use, so... Yeah. You can I do whatever can you want with it. I just copy and paste it and start selling it? I guess uh, so. Well, Maybe not exactly the way it is, but... You can. I don't think you'll really make much from that, though. I'm sure there are plenty of companies who have published Frankenstein in the past, so people have lots of different options of reading it. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, I... I, I surely I'll make more than zero. Uh, I'd imagine there's quite a bit of publishing that goes into that, Tanner. There's yeah. a lot of... Uh, what if I... There's you, a lot of production that you're not thinking of. I think all I have to do is make a really cool cover. Hmm. I mean, there you, you have to pay... For manufacturing costs and all that too, and shipping and all that. Yeah, but the, yeah, like, but like know, the cover just... will draw them in. Mm-hmm. Okay, if that's what we're focusing on, then. What if? Hold on, Nico. Yeah. I know we've completely abandoned the side the side gig challenge. Um. Oh. You should just take public domain books, make a cool cover for them, and then just try reselling them on Amazon. <laughs> I, I'm not going to do that, but that, it's a fun idea. That does I feel like it would work, though. I feel like that's free money. Yeah, you know, I, I guess I can see it, you know? Just like, I don't know, make like a really cool cover for like the story of Prometheus or something like that, you know? Just like a big old strong man taking a fire, giving it to a small little dude like Dylan, maybe. <laughs> mm -hmm. I feel like that could work. Yeah, and I, I believe Amazon has their thing, Amazon Publishing, where you can literally just upload the text and your uh, cover art and shit, and then they handle all the other stuff. Hmm. Gotcha. So I feel I, like there's I definitely think... something here. I think there's uh, something to that. Now, Tanner, what do you think is yeah. the likelihood that no one else has ever had this idea before? <laughs> you never know until you try. Well, at the very least, no one has had the idea and been successful at it before, yeah, okay. which means we could be the first ones. <laughs> there you go. Fair enough. I also want to point out, just because you guys are tall doesn't mean I'm small. Comparatively I, so, I, though. Compared to you I guys, I'm small, but I am not small by the measuring of an average person. Well, yeah. Dylan, have you taken into account I was more so comparing you to the original Frankenstein's monster, no, which is I, I quite was, tall? I, I was talking, I was mainly referring to what Nico just said about Prometheus hanging it to a small person like me. 
Oh, okay. whatever that's the original Frankenstein is actually like forty feet tall, which is something that people don't talk about very often. Is that true? Yeah. I wish that was true. That's very funny. What if we rewrite Frankenstein, but he's a kaiju this time? Ooh. Would you watch a kaiju Frankenstein movie? I feel like it'd be interesting. I I'd question how you would make that come to reality in that universe. Like, where did the body parts come from? Like, maybe they used body parts just from all the old he gods. Just, Dr. Frankenstein just hit a couple extra graves, you know? Uh, I'd prefer to think of it as, like, he just took the body parts and he threw them into, like, some water or something, you know? Like, increasingly <laughs> large volumes of water. They're like those old dinosaurs that you throw in there yeah. and just, like, they keep growing. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I can get, I can, I could stand behind that idea. Dylan, here's another idea I'd like you to stand behind. I have a hypothetical here for you. Oh, God. All right, what is it? Let's say that you see Jackson hanging from a cliff. Uh huh. And before you're able to help him out, you also see that Markiplier is also hanging from the cliff as well. Uh huh. Who are you going to choose to save? You can only save one of them. If you save one, the other one falls into their death, okay? Okay. Who are you but helping up here, dude? Jackson. Why Jackson? Because I know Jackson. Yeah, but Dylan, Markiplier sees you, and he says, Hey there, Dylan, it's Markiplier. I am in a very Uh precarious situation here right (laughs) now, and I need your help. This is a real cliffhanger, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Look, Dylan, I have two children, okay? They're gonna be fatherless if you just let me die. Yeah, this is also assuming Jax is probably saying something in the relative vein to this, so it's not like yeah, I'm just, this I'm is... just screaming bloody murder. I'm just freaking uh-huh. the fuck out. I, I would save I'm Jackson. De- I'm desperately screaming You're, you're assuming in this situation that Jackson is not saying anything to me whatsoever. You already know everything you need to know about Jackson, Dylan. Markiplier's the one who really needs to sell you here. <laughs> I... This is a terrible hypothetical, and I gave you my answer. Fuck you! Alright, <laughs> uh, Dylan, wait, wait, wait. I got it. Wait, hold on. I got a better hypothetical that's just like this one. Let's go. Dylan, yeah. you're, you're walking next to a cliff, and then you hear two small voices crying out for help. You see a Palestinian child and an Israeli child hanging from a cliff. You're only able to save one. Which one do you save, well, Dylan? this isn't fair, because Palestine <laughs> is kind of just an innocent bystander, and Israel's the ones under fire right now. So that's kind of a complicated question to answer. Oh damn, he's actually got to. You have to save one of them, Dylan. Uh, Do you save the Palestinian child or the Israeli child? If I, if I save the Palestinian child, that means I'm ignoring the Israeli child, and then I'm seen as like we don't care about Israel. Therefore, mm-hmm. what what does America care? Or if I save the Israeli child, <laughs> then it's like pal- then the Palestinians are just like, oh, well, obviously they're not interested in helping us, even though we have nothing to do with this. So like, what the hell? Uh, so I am gonna choose, I will save the Israeli child. You heard it here first, folks. The Guapish Rule 34 podcast is 100% pro-Israel. Fuck Palestine. (laughs) We hope you die like fucking dogs. We're gonna throw you off the cliffs like you throw gay people off rooftops. Oh my god. Okay, don't follow up hypothetical here oh for you. God. You're walking by another cliff. I just uh, as you do, you know, it's it's what you tend These to do. These are in all your free one time. after the other, by the way. And uh, hanging from the cliff, you see Tanner's grandfather. He's there. He needs to be helped up. And then you also see Superman. Does he know it's my grandfather? <laughs> he tell he immediately tells Dylan that he's your grandfather. You also see Superman Dylan, help me. with a kryptonite stone plunged into his heart. Okay, he's in desperate need of help as well. He can't lift himself up. He's so weak right now. Who do you save? Well, I'd I'd save I'd save Tanner's grandfather because it's been shown that Superman can be revived even if he's had kryptonite stabbed into him. He tells you, Dylan, I'm in dire straits. Shut up, Nico. Your hypothetical sucks. I answered your question. 
Dylan, these are important follow-ups, okay? I don't care. I answered your question. Stop making the question more difficult after I've already answered it. Too bad. Sorry, Answer the new rendition of the question. Too Do bad. Do you still save Tanner's grandfather? Yes. If Superman will not be saved. If the logic that I said makes sense, then yes, I still save Tanner's grandfather. It doesn't though, because Superman won't live. Yes, he will. It's been proven. No, otherwise. I just told you it won't. Well, Don't that you sucks. still save stop him? Stop adding. Stop adding conditions after I've answered the question. That's a terrible hypothetical. No, fuck you. You're just mad because I'm right. Dylan, no, you're you're actually wrong. Dylan, all you have to do is pull the kryptonite out of Superman's chest, and then even if my grandpa goes plummeting to his death, Superman will be able to fly over and save him. Doesn't it take Superman longer to recover from kryptonite, though, than that? No, he recovers instantly. Everyone knows <laughs> I this. I don't think that's true at all. Superman can jump off the cliff and recover as he's falling in order to save my grandfather. Here, what I'm going to assume in this situation is I could rip the kryptonite out of Superman's chest and then leave him and then go save your grandfather. And then by the time I save your grandfather, That's not he should how be... hypotheticals work. Well, uh, that, unfortunate. I, I guess this is how it is because Nico keeps doing what he's doing. So I'm I don't think Dylan understands hypotheticals very well. Tanner asked a good hypothetical. He gave me two options and he didn't add mm -hmm. anything after I answered it. Dylan, I have another cliff hypothetical. Jesus a fourth Christ. cliff for you. Okay. You're walking by a cliff and <laughs> and you hear two voices cry out, "Help! Help! I'm about to fall." Uh -huh. You walk over and it's Adolf Hitler Jesus. and Mao Zedong. Which one do you save? Uh, hold on, I need to Google something. <laughs> How do you spell Mao that? Mao Zedong is the uh, the the <laughs> communist ruler of China for a long time. Uh uh, when was he the ruler of China? <laughs> I don't know, back in the 50s or some shit. Uh, that's not a good time period. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 these are both terrible people. Uh, yes. But I think, I think Hitler's worse, I think. I don't know what this other guy did, but obviously not bad enough for me to hear about him, so I'm, I guess I'll save the Chinese communist. <laughs> I don't know what the that's other crazy. guy did. Unfortunately for you, Dylan, Mao Zedong has killed far more people than Hitler. Really? How many people has he but killed? But only Chinese people, so... Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter. There's still people. How many people did he kill? Hey, now, let's not go crazy here, Dylan. Oh, Jesus Christ. Dylan, you're walking next to a cliff. You hear, t <laughs> you hear several voices cry out for help. You see three Chinese people about to plummet to their deaths from the same branch, and then one Jew. <laughs> Which one do you save? You can save the three Chinese people or the Jew. Is the Jew also in a branch or whatever? Sure. Uh, I don't know why that would matter, but yes. Uh, this is a this is a trolley question. It's like, uh, I it's guess it's a trolley question, but really, it's just seeing if you place more value on people's lives based on their ethnicity. Uh, I guess I'll save the three Chinese people. Wrong choice. Wrong choice. Oh man, because there's Dylan more of is them. Pro Holocaust. No, now. there there's there's um, more people. I'd save three people instead of one. Frankly, Dylan, with the last one, I think you should have let them both plummet to their deaths. Why would I do that? Well, because they're Adolf Hitler and Mao Zedong. They're both bad people. You should have just let them drop. Oh, I, I just was going in with the mindset that I had to save one of them. Because that's just the kind of trope we were going around with this. And by saving Mao Zedong, he says to you, Oh Darren! <laughs> I have seen the errors of my way. I love capitalism. <laughs> he then goes on to kill millions more than he would have if he stuck to communism. Yeah, he's able to construct a much more efficient military-industrial complex to uh, to fucking uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oppress his people. That's right. 
Oh no. I go eat dog now. Oh, that's not fun. I don't like that. Are we done with cliff ha hypotheticals? I, sure I think hope we so. could do this all day. <laughs> uh, Dylan, what in your mind is a good hypothetical? What does it consist of? Give Dylan, give us a cliff hypothetical. I feel like we've been throwing all these questions at you for the oh. past 20 minutes. Oh, man, a good cliff hypothetical. Uh, I don't even... Alright, I will pose this... To, uh, no, I can't pose it to each of you. I don't know a general enough person. Uh, Jackson. Uh-huh. You're, uh, you're strolling by on the cliffs of Oregon, right? And, uh, you've got... You've got your... You hear two... You hear four people scream out. And there's... There's there's, there's four people hanging off a cliffside. Two of them are your parents. Uh, and then... Uh, the other two is... Nico and Tanner. Who do you save? <laughs> Like I can only say I can only save one of these people. Or no, you can, can you 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 amass the strength of a man, and you are able to pull two people up at once. You could either save your mom and your dad, or you could save Nico and Tanner through the force of oh, sheer damn. will. You can pull two people up. Which two people do you save? What about any combination in between, Dylan? No, no. There is there is a difference of fifty feet between both groups. You know, you saw Nico and Tanner saw saw Jackson's friends like, oh my gosh, look, they're about to fall, and by the, not paying attention, they they slipped on the sandbar and were dangling off the cliff, and that's how you guys ended up. Horrible, that's... horrible series of hiking trips going wrong. <laughs> uh... Jackson, your parents have lived their lives. <laughs> See this. <laughs> this is actually a hard one because I think for most people they just immediately save their parents. Like uh, I love you guys, but I think most people would just save their parents here. The problem is I don't really give a shit about my parents at all. Uh, well, I think I think my mom's all right. My dad's kind of an asshole and he hasn't really redeemed himself that much. Like frankly, I'd much rather have you guys in the world. Uh, so I think I'd, I think I'd probably save you guys to be honest. There we go. Thank God. I think I'd probably save you guys, too. My parents aren't up to much anymore. Uh -huh. <laughs> I get that inheritance money right off the bat, man. We go fucking oh spending that. Oh, my God. <laughs> there we go. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> Mom, Dad, please don't, please don't take what I'm saying seriously. This is all a dumb hypothetical on the internet. They do watch every episode of Guapish, so it's fair. They're our biggest fans, actually. They're, uh, Jackson's father is Top Ramen Man. That's right. Um, oh, <laughs> that'd be funny. Fuck, what was I? Oh, would you guys ever consider making one of us in this friend group here uh, the godfather of your child? No. None of us? No. That's crazy. Well, I don't plan on having children, so I don't have to answer this question. But if you <laughs> did, Jackson, if you did have a child... Mm -hmm. um, Jackson, if you had to take in uh, both of Markiplier's orphan children because Dylan chose to kill him... <laughs> Markiplier then doesn't have any kids! He has two children! So, Jackson, would you uh, choose to like you know just give them to one of us? Um, I wouldn't want these fucking kids in the first place. I'd probably just send them to an adoption center. Jesus. Okay. Okay. That's cruel. Do you think the adoption center would advertise them as being Markiplier's children? Like, increase their SEO? Oh, they 100% probably. Yeah. Let's say you pass away, you have a child, you have, you have, you are cognizant enough to write in your will who you want to take care of the child in your absence. Yeah. Do you go with your brother or one of us? Probably my brother. Really? He's been in a much more stable relationship than uh, any of you guys have. Damn, that's uh, a fair his, enough his, point. His like, uh, girlfriend's parents are rich, I believe. So, Nico, like... have you considered the fact that I'm not in a relationship? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Therefore, I have the most stable relationship since I have none. Jackson's never had one, so what does that say, Dylan? Well, no, I thought he did have a relationship. I thought that was... Am I, no. Am I misremembering information again? I don't yes. know what you're even talking about, dude. I, I anyway. 
Well, like, you know, Jackson's been in, like, a high school relationship one time for, like, a month or something, but he doesn't really even count that. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. Anyway, what, Tanner? Anyway. Dylan, <laughs> same question to you. If, if you pass away and have to pass a child to, to someone, do you choose your brother or do you choose one of us? Um, I love and I, I love my brothers. I wouldn't trust them with it. Uh, for reasons I'm not going to go into because I'm sure they wouldn't want me to explain. Uh, okay. I guess if I'm left with just that option, I guess I'd leave it with one of you guys. Okay, which of us would you choose, Dylan? Well, Jackson doesn't want kids and doesn't like kids. And, you know, given the fact that he'd say he'd immediately give kids to an adoption center, Jackson's out of the running 100%. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tanner's a big, strong guy, so I feel like if my kids were threatened, he'd be able to, like, murder people or something if that were the case. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I, anyone even looks at your child wrong, I will immediately kill them on the spot. And and Tanner's also, like, the epitome of, like, patriotism or whatever. Uh, I think you meant to say patriarchy, but yeah, well, go on. Well, no, I, I said what I said. Uh, <laughs> and I don't agree with some of the things that Nico says or does, so uh, he's... Like what? <laughs> Nico, you, you know for a fact that you don't agree on a lot of things. Like what? There's plenty of things you don't agree with me on, though, yeah. Dylan. <laughs> what specifically uh, would this have to do with children? I don't know. I don't know how you would raise kids. None of us know how each of us would raise kids. It's a hard question to answer. I'm going to leave my kids with Tanner. <laughs> he doesn't want you to raise them to be artists. <laughs> Look, Dylan, I feel like there's a very important thing that you're missing out on here. Uh, uh -huh. Tanner has major anger issues, and he would absolutely snap and snap one of your children's heads in half if he I had the chance. I do not have anger issues. I don't, yeah, I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> do you really want them to be around a, a man who's just, like, constantly having women come in and come out constantly, dude, 24-7? <laughs> 24-7. A man whose home would practically be a brothel? <laughs> I would definitely leave my children with my brother because he's a, a pastor, so... There we go. Easy. Not much of a competition there. What kind of pastor? A youth pastor, I believe. Hmm. Not great track records with them, but, uh... <laughs> a Protestant one, okay? Protestant! Oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> oh my gosh. Insane. Um... This is this is one I was thinking of uh, today. What is the purest genre of gaming? I, I came up with this because uh, I, I've started playing Celeste again. Celeste is a very uh, popular ah. platformer, and I was playing it. And I was thinking, hmm, I think platformers may be the purest genre of gaming. And I was wondering what your guys' thoughts uh, on this uh, sort of uh, idea are. What are we using to judge what makes it the purest genre? Yeah. I, I think it's whatever uh, whatever you think the uh, qualification should be. Well... Like, what, what do you think of when you think of the purest genre of gaming? I think it boils down to, like, major categories. Because you've got FPS, which is a pretty major one. You've got uh, RPG. I don't know if... Does that That's not RPG? the question, though, Dylan. The question is, which one is the purest? I think, for me, at least, it's uh, 2D side-scrollers. I think, like, when you initially posed that question, the first thing that came to my mind was Cave Story. Um, oh. I love that game, and I think it really mm. defines what, like, it means to be, uh, like, a video game. Okay. Yeah, I can, I can agree with 2D side-scrollers, because that also kind of encompasses platformers as well, in some cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, in many cases, yeah. even. And, like, I think, t not in the purest sense, but 2D side-scrollers have kind of persisted through gaming history, and they still kind mm. of just make them. So, obviously, there's something there that just works, you know? It's something that kind of draws everybody in. So, I, I think 2D yeah. side-scrollers is probably a good answer. 
Yeah, I'm gonna go okay. with sports games. Uh, Locking in sports games for 500 here. Five, sports <laughs> games are the purest form of gaming. You got Pong, the progenitor of all video games ever created. You know, it, it, it's a sport. What about it's that one that Pong. came before Pong? Ignore that. Ignore the other okay. ones that came before Pong. <laughs> Pong is the one I'm uh, going with here, Tanner. Pong is a okay. sport game. Therefore, the purest form of video games are sports. Interesting. You got your Madden 2023. That is far purer than your Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. You can't turn into an hmm. elephant in Madden now, can you, Tanner? No, you can't turn into an elephant in Madden. Yet. Yet. That sort of witchcraft, not pure. Not pure according to okay. the Bible, okay? Oh, man. Yeah, I, I, I do think it says somewhere in Psalms, thou shalt not turn into an elephant. Yeah, <laughs> shooting people like in a Call of Duty shooter man, can't do that in Madden. You can't just go and Mm-mm. kill people. No guns in Madden. No, sir. The only shooting you can do is a shoot straight up the... the the middle of the field to a guy the that catches it. Yes, uh-huh. sir. I also think some incredibly pure forms of gaming uh, in my mind are beat 'em ups and fighting games. Those, Those also strike me as very pure. Those are violent. They are violent. Not pure. I mean, gamers are violent though. Do you remember <laughs> Columbine? <laughs> Let's not go there. Dylan, what video game were the Columbine shooters super into? I don't know. I don't relate school shootings with video games, so that's not a good question well, to ask Well, they did, me. Well, that's unfortunate. I think the media's stupid and wrong. <laughs> it was Doom. It was Doom. They played a lot of Doom. They did play a lot of Doom. They made their own Doom maps, even. Yeah, they made their own Doom maps that resembled the school so that they could practice. Mm. Has anyone published the Columbine Shooter's Diaries? Is that something I can just go out and read? Yeah, Probably, I was about to say, I'm sure you probably could if you looked hard enough. I'm going to add that to my reading list then. Those <laughs> guys seem interesting. Uh. I just hear so much fucked up shit about them. It, it feels like if I read that, I, I might actually get sort of a, gl- a glimpse behind the, uh, the the something or other. Yeah. Dylan, which of the Columbine shooters was your favorite of the two? I don't know. I don't know who they are. I don't know who they are. <laughs> I just know what happened. I just thought there Dylan, was one. Dylan, if you have to guess what their names are. Alex and John. Alex DeLion. I'm pretty sure their names are uh, Dylan and Kevin. Well, that's unfortunate. That sounds about right. I believe it's spelled the same as yours as well, Dylan. That can't possibly that, be true. I don't true. think that's true. But. <laughs> my, I, have, I have literally never seen... The closest I've seen anybody get to my name is missing one L. Okay. So. Dylan, what, what state was Columbine in? Ohio? I am downright baffled that you knew that. That's impressive. I'll, I'll, I'll give Colorado? you kudos for that one. Let's go. No. That was the Aurora shooting where the guy uh, with dyed red hair shot someone in a Batman showing. Uh, April 20th, 1999 at Columbine High School in Columbine, was that Colorado. that long ago? I thought Columbine Damn. was more recent. What's the one I, I thought I also, you know what? I, oh. I, I'm going to have to take back my kudos, Dylan. Uh, but to be fair, I thought it was Ohio as well. I missed. I was monologuing. Where was it? Colorado. Oh. Yeah. You probably picked up on that information through Tanner, if anything. Uh, Tanner led sure. you astray. I don't mm-hmm. think we've talked about Columbine before, but sure. We talk about it every pre-guap. For those of you who want to learn about a little bit more about <laughs> Columbine, please subscribe to our Patreon, where you can uh, watch our pre-guap. For every single pre-guap, we talk about the Columbine shooting. I am def- I am right now adding bowling for Columbine to my uh, my movie list. <laughs> Jesus. I think I was thinking of Sandy Hook. That's probably what I was thinking. Sandy Hook was in Connecticut, so I don't think you were thinking of that. No, I'm not talking about state. I'm thinking about like the one that... like the big major one that I remember first happening. Well, Columbine happened many, many years before Sandy Hook. I'm so. aware of that, but I don't, I don't, I thought Columbine was also just in the string of those not like that long ago. 
unfortunately. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> Speaking of purest forms of video games, though, guys, yeah. I have another question here for you. What would uh, you say is the pettiest reason that you've ever dropped a game for? Uh, mm. I actually talked about this the other day. Uh, I would drop a lot of games because I couldn't ho- uh, handle horror games at all. I believe I was mm. playing Resident Evil 4 for the Wii. Uh, walked into this house and I heard really heavy zombie breathing. It was around a corner and I couldn't force myself to go around that corner so I turned the game off and never played it again. Mm. Kind of similarly actually, back when I was playing through Ocarina of Time for the first time, I was a wee little lad mm-hmm. and I got to the forest temple and that place spooked me, okay? Yeah, it had <laughs> such a creepy vibe to it. Yeah. I, I, I just couldn't bring myself to play through it anymore. And then eventually I got back into it. I was able to push through the forest temple. I was a big kid now. It didn't uh, bother me whatsoever. But then yeah. I got to the shadow temple and that place was full of zombies and other scary shit and I dropped it again and I've never beaten <laughs> Ocarina of Time since. Uh. However, uh, the actual pettiest reason for me is one that was uh, more recent. It was several years back, but, you know, more recent than me being a wheel child. So I started playing through the Deus Ex games, okay? Mm. I I kicked off with Mankind. I heard that was a really good one. So I started playing it, got through, like, a couple missions. Then I looked down, and I noticed something very dire, guys. I couldn't see my legs. (laughs) And it bothered me up, so man. much. No I way. dropped the game afterwards. Bro, what? There's no. <laughs> why? Do you do that in other games? No. Oh, why'd you do it in that game? It bothered me a lot. Oh. It just completely breaks the immersion, you know, when you can't look down and see your feet. Oh, okay. It's something I feel should really be standard in most games, to be perfectly honest, if they're going to be first person. True. Um, I think the pettiest reason uh, I've ever dropped a game is I, I stopped playing Scribblenauts because it wouldn't let me type slurs. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> Why would you think that they would program a game to allow... What would that even create, Tanner? I imagine it would create an individual that looks like whatever that slur applied to. Use their actual country's designation like Chinese or Indian. Don't... African. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Do you remember any specific slurs you went for, Tanner? This is all a joke. I never attempted this. Um, probably, um, I mean, you know, I've, I've stopped playing games because I fucking suck at them. Okay. We stopped playing Octopath Traveler because, uh, it just pissed us off with all those recording issues. (laughs) True. I still have it, like, on my Switch. I I probably would like to get back to it because I think that is a game that's right up my alley, but I also have it downloaded on my Xbox. (laughs) Oh. Because I want to get to around to playing it at some point. Mm-hmm. I heard uh, Octopath Traveler 2 is really good, and yeah. also this one's very good, so, like, <laughs> fuck. Good and something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Jackson, when have you dropped a game, dude? Uh, see, I really don't have an example of this. Nico's probably going to be like, but Nier Automata, or Nier Automata, however the fuck you pronounce it. <laughs> uh, I didn't drop that one. I eventually still wanted to, like, get back to playing it, and there's, like, plenty of games like that. I don't ever really think I've had an example of a game that I've, like, dropped for some stupid reason that never wanted to pick up again. Gotcha. I definitely have tons of games where I stop playing them, but I always want to, you know, try to get back to them eventually. Yeah. Yeah, why did you stop playing Nier Automata again? Uh, because I didn't like waiting 30 fucking minutes through some bullshit gameplay because I died to the first boss. <laughs> that's a fair I didn't point. like wasting my fucking time. I feel like that's me with Dark Souls. Did you consider not dying to the first boss? Wow. Alas. <laughs> uh, one more recent one I thought of 
uh, I don't. I'm gonna ask you, Nico, because you were there for uh, this when this happened. Friday the Thirteenth. Do you think quitting that game was petty or justified? No, that game fucking sucks. Okay, so that's not a petty reason. Yeah, that game fucking sucked ass. And we had that one friend who constantly was like, "Oh, let's play the game. It's actually really good." But it's because he played as the killer. Yeah, exactly. That game is 100% balanced around the killer, just going yeah. around slaughtering everybody. Yeah. It's not a super fun game if you, you don't get to play as big old Jason. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty silly. That dude is constantly saying, don't worry, guys. Like, I, I know that the game is bad, but, like, it, there's a reason for it. You see, there are all these copyright issues going on. That, 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 that's why the game's bad. Why Why does that matter, though? Why should we play it, then? Yeah, and he's like, oh, it'll pull through. And he, it, it's because he invested so much time in it, and he unlocked every single jason skin in the game he unlocked everything for the game that's why i wanted it mm -hmm. but anyway have you guys ever gone that hard for a bad game uh i only play good games tanner so like uh, i can't really say so i played the fifth i went that hard for evolve i was a big evolve Bro, guy i, I loved miss evolve. evolve so much apparently if you owned evolve on steam uh they brought it back only for those people which really sucks because that means only people who owned it on steam have it they, they temporarily brought back as a, a free-to-play model called Evolve Stage 2. Yeah, that. Uh, that was pretty fun. It was much better balanced. Mm. Um, like, for example, in the original Evolve, only the trapper could, could drop the dome, which meant that if you had a, a dog-ass trapper, you just lost every single fucking game. True. Uh, they changed it so that the tracker, instead of dropping the dome, he could just get, like, a compass point to where the monster is every, you know, couple minutes or whatever. Oh. And then any character, once they're within range, can just automatically drop the dome. Yeah, mm. I did see that. That looked like an interesting change. Luckily, I wasn't an ass trapper, and I I was actually pretty good at the game. The only thing that annoyed mm -hmm. me about the game was, like, the jetpack fuel economy. I didn't like how your mobility was super limited because your jetpack had, like, three seconds of boost or something. Get good, scrub. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's, a, that's an example of what I think is widely regarded as a bad game that I was uh, a big fan of and really, really fucking enjoyed. Yeah, it was, it was a good game. I don't know if Nico feels the same, but... Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. Sweet. Glad we can all agree. Even Jackson. Yeah, I don't think I ever played that game before. Unfortunate. <laughs> I think you played it one of our bro nights at some point, but I... That sounds familiar, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. doubt you really played it much outside of that. Yeah, I don't remember anything about it. Nico, of course, played the most broken behemoth in the game. Look, dude, I wanted to play as the Wraith, but someone else picked him, so I didn't yeah. want to play as the same See, uh, that fucking was monster as thing, though. It's like, we didn't, have to claim, we didn't have to claim monsters. I just chose the whatever rock guy because I thought he was cool. To be honest, he's probably mm. one of the most broken ones in the game. He was pretty busted. Uh, was he? I don't know. I He I was always... insanely hard to kill. He just had, like, infinite shield. Yeah, I uh, I did wipe the floor consistently with them when I was playing Behemoth. Mm. So, fun game. All right, now here's another question for you, boys. Another gaming-related question. What do you think was, like, your proudest gaming moment? Oh, mm. man. Hmm. That's a good one. I have to think, because... <laughs> It's unfortunate because at least 50% of my gaming moments are taken up by Destiny, which I know you guys care nothing about. So I'm trying to find other games in which I've done something significant. Hmm. I guess for me it would be like doing a perfect route on Star Fox. Hmm. Okay. That's, that's probably like the most impressive gaming feat I've made at least. Yeah, I'd say for me it would definitely be, I'm going to take you boys back here. It's story time. I'm taking you back. To one of our bro nights that we had back in probably, uh, this is definitely like college days, I'd say. So, picture it. We're all chilling there. Me, 
you, Tanner, Jackson, Lucas, a couple of our other friends were there too as well. And we decided, hey, we're going to do a little 2v2 and smite here, okay? <laughs> so it was, Jack- it was Jackson and I versus Tanner and Lucas, all right? Oh, no. We arranged it this way because I was the much uh, much more experienced individual smite. Uh, Lucas played a decent bit. Uh, Tanner played a little here and there. And then Jackson had basically no experience whatsoever. So it made the most sense, okay? It made the most sense. <laughs> And so as we were playing this match, Tanner and Lucas were talking mad shit the entire time, okay? Oh. They were fucking ju- just <laughs> shit talking us the whole time, saying things like, man, Jackson, maybe we shouldn't have had you uh, group up with Nico. Like, he's just too defensive. You guys aren't going to be able to do anything together. And then a turning point happened, guys. <laughs> a turning point happened. Turning Point USA? That's right, Tanner. Turning Point USA. Eventually, I got my build going, okay? I, I really started to get all the items that I really need to set off here. And uh, pretty soon, we just started absolutely fucking destroying the two of you, Tanner. <laughs> it, it, suddenly, things got real silent after that. Man, As you guys, which... there just wasn't any more trash to spit up, you know? <laughs> it, it was all out there in the open at this point. And Jax and I, we just fucking made you guys surrender at some point because oh, it was god. too brutal of a beating for you guys to take. May I ask which god you were using, if you remember? Hades. Oh, of course. You guys were screwed from the beginning. Jackson was Amaterasu. Is I have that... absolutely no recollection of this event. <laughs> Amaterasu. It never happened. Nico's making it Cat up. Cat lady. Yeah. Um... I'd taken a little... Well, I guess, Jackson, did you have one before? I can't fucking think of anything. What's the most difficult Oaths map you've completed? <laughs> That's probably a good one. Oh, God. See, I can't even really be proud of those anymore because <laughs> I the hardest maps I've ever really done are ones I beat many years ago, like oh. five or six years ago, and I just don't even fucking know what they are at this point, so they don't really mean anything. Oh. Yeah, honestly, I don't really have any, like, proud gaming achievements, I don't think. Sedge. My proudest gaming achievement is 100%ing Assassin's Creed Odyssey on Google Stadia. Oh, Google Stadia. I've never heard anybody play on that platform before. I was a beta tester for it, and they let us play through Assassin's Creed Odyssey for two weeks. And so I just sat down for, like, 12 hours a day and beat the whole goddamn thing. Yeah, how how was that? How did it play? It worked pretty well. Dude, you beat, like, Anubis and everything? Mm Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, Tanner, have you considered that's a bad game, though? Have you thought about that? I thought it was pretty fun, and I think most people enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, maybe some fucking normies who don't know a good game if it bit them on the back of the head, you know? Ooh. Maybe something like, um, uh, let's say Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, okay? Uh, I feel like those games are significantly better than a stinky old Assassin's Creed. Ignore the jank, ignore the bugs. You got fucking Pokemon in it, Tanner. You didn't got none of those in Assassin's Creed. There are not Pokemon in Assassin's Creed. There are there are legendary creatures of manor. But is there a Pikachu? There's no <laughs> Can Pikachu. Can you find him in, in there? Assassin's- I, do, I don't believe that there is a Pikachu in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, no. Unfortunate. Uh, anyway, I was hoping you guys would mention a game. It would spark something in me, but unfortunately, uh, I think... <sighs> short one. Yeah, it was. I would have to say one of my first ones was probably finally beating Nico in Dragon Ball Fighters. Because, like, consistently losing is not a great feeling, and then you finally just get this one moment... And I, I remember in the moment I was just button mashing, my heart was racing because I was like, we're down to our last characters. And I was like, I'm always that guy that's like, it's not truly possible, but there, there's a hope there. 
and I don't know what happened, but, like, Nico did some, like, things, and I button mashed and did some supers, and I killed one of his characters, and then, you know, it, it just, it was just all over. I, I still have the clip saved, that's how, that's how great of a moment it was for me. It was the one time yeah. I bested Nico in a fighting game that wasn't Smash Bros. How often have you bested me in Smash Bros? Uh, not super often, but more often than I did in Dragon Ball Fighters. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Well, boys. <gasps> yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah. If we mm-hmm. ain't got nothing else that must be discussed at the moment, you know, any uh-huh. dire things that we need to get off of our chests here, then I think it might just be time for mm-hmm. Guapish at the movies. The Guapish at the movies. Spider crawled up the water. We should. I was gonna do a Robocop theme, goddammit! Well, we, I thought we were gonna do the Itsy-Bitsy Spider one. Where did the John Cena come from? Robocop. Huh, I don't- Dylan, do you not realize that John Cena played Robocop? Anyway. Is Robocop the first movie we were talking about this week? Of course it is, Dylan, because Robocop was recommended by our Patreon member, Mr. Petit! Whoa. That's not his name. I don't remember what his name is. It's something long and stupid. Hang on, I'll pull it up. Don't worry, it's cool. It was recommended by Patreon member Macho Man Retard Savage. Whoa. 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 Thank you very much. If you'd also like to recommend a movie, please subscribe to our Patreon. It's only $1 a month. It's pretty sweet. As for the movie, though, Tanner, would you like to walk us through the plot of this one? Sure, I can walk us through the plot. So, uh, we have our uh, police officer Murphy in the city of Detroit in an undetermined point in the future. He gets transferred to Detroit, and Detroit fucking sucks, just like it does in the present. Um, he's, uh, he's, you know, out on patrol, and he gets called to catch this, uh, this bad group of bank robbers, and then they fucking kill him. They just, god damn, they blast him away. Holy fuck. And then he gets built into RoboCop. And uh, he, he then goes around and he kind of remembers being alive. And then he, he tracks down these gang members. And then he stops them and he kills some of them. And then there's a big fight at the end where he kills them all. Uh, and then he uh, shoots a guy out of a building. The end. Yeah. Now, Dylan, how did you feel about RoboCop? Um, I feel like, I, given the circumstances, I figured there'd be more person than robot. Or at least maybe armor plating. A little uh, more cop than Robo is what you're saying. Yeah, basically, because, like, they, he had his, like, right arm blown off. I was like, all right, obviously, that's going to be, like, a robotic arm. Uh, and I, like, I know the aesthetic of, like, RoboCop, so I don't know why it surprised me when I finally saw it. But then I saw the finished product, I was like, huh, there's a lot more of this guy that is robot than cop. Like, obviously, he's got his face, but even that just looks like a human face plastered on a robot. Um, Did that freak you out, Dylan? Did it freak you no, surprisingly okay. not. I don't. It doesn't. Interesting. That is it, very surprising. We were fully expecting you to be like, "Oh, I didn't like that part of the movie very it's much." A, it's it, a different it effect in movies. Like to me, it's just a guy in a robot suit is basically okay. what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside, but if it were a robot who was wearing a man's face as like you know his face, then yeah, like, that'd be terrible. I'd hate okay. that so much. Uh, but it's also the fact that I knew this was a person and not a robot. So um, there's also that. Okay. Uh, anyway, but yeah, I thought this movie was pretty good. I thought the practical effects were very well done. Um, the only practical effect that I had an issue with was the, and I hope you guys will catch this when I say it, the Robot Chicken-esque ED-209 robot, if you know mm-hmm. what I'm trying to get at, where... Yeah, big they, Robo Boy, he's stop they, motion. Yeah, they definitely did the best with what they had, but... 
I don't think they did do the best with what they had. I don't know what else. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It looked super weird. It looked really out of place. Uh, It was bad. I didn't really like that very much. Or really just like its inclusion in the film is kind of weird in general because it doesn't really feel like it ever really does much against RoboCop. Yeah. Which, like, you know, I, I know there are plenty of people out there, maybe in this room right now, who will say, it's a satirical movie, and you, you gotta keep that in mind with this kind of stuff, okay? This movie's meant to be satirical. Any complaints you have will be immediately negated by my satirical jinjitsu, okay? I, mean, I, I think the whole... <laughs> I think the whole point of the big fucking mech thing is to just show how stupid and inefficient their whole, like, basic design for what they're doing is. It's not actually supposed to be some thing that's in use. And, like, I think I think the whole point of, like, RoboCop in and of itself is just to prove that it's fucking stupid and pointless. I guess so. I, to I be don't honest- really think they have to interact. Yeah, to be honest, when they were introducing that big mech, I, I, I expected some kind of prototype of RoboCop to walk through the door. And then I saw that, and I was like, ugh, that doesn't... That doesn't look too... Because, like, it was even coming, like, through the doorway and everything. And then, like, after it, like, killed the guy, they obviously had, like, a statue of it. And they just had smoke come out of the guns. I was like, okay, that looks fine. But then I also was like, so why... Why have that? But then when you have it moving, it looks like it's in some kind of kid's claymation or whatever. Stop motion. What Stupid. But, yeah, I thought the pacing of the movie was fairly well done. I fit Well... It hit a snag somewhere in the middle when he was starting to rediscover his life, I guess, if that's something you want to say. Because then, I don't know if it disrupts the pace, but I was like, definitely, like, it's an interesting inclusion because it's making the viewer be like, oh, hey, this is his life. What happened? Oh, he's his family's gone. Like, what's going to happen now? I was kind uh, of expecting but, them to do a lot more with that than they actually ended up doing. Yeah, they kind when of they just, initially introduced like the Directive Four, what could it be? Whoa, look at this mysterious Directive Four. There were yeah. a few thoughts flowing through my mind of what that could possibly be, where it's like Directive Four, get revenge, murder those who killed me, or right. like find my family, something like that. But eventually, they reveal what Directive Four is, and I I definitely like the way that they went with that. It was pretty neat, especially mm-hmm. the way it plays with like the final confrontation with uh, the whole boardroom, <laughs> where he yells, "You're fine." And then he gets fucking blasted. That, that was pretty perfect. sweet. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the proceeding, like you know, falling through uh, <laughs> out of the skyscraper, maybe not so good. But like yeah. you know, <laughs> it looked a bit dated. Uh, <laughs> maybe just a little bit. Also, like these people just like keep watching folks get blasted in their meetings. Yeah. And, and they're generally like, pretty calm about it. Like like you know, in the first one, they freak out a bit, but they're not like evacuating. Yeah. <laughs> they're right, like, whoa, yeah. what's going on here? Hang right. on. Jesus. That's life in the big city. I, I guess, guess so. uh, Detroit especially, you know. I, I'm sure if they walk past similar scenes on their way to work every day. That's what I'm mm-hmm. thinking. Is this normal to Detroit people, you know? Jackson, what did you think about this movie? Uh, I thought it was alright overall. There were some goofy things, like the weird visuals going on. Um, I think the general story arc was fine. I don't know if I'm, like, super sold on the tone of the movie. That's the biggest thing for me, I'd say. The tone is really weird in this film. Yeah, because obviously it's going for, like, kind of like a satirical thing. It's making fun of, you know, I don't even really know. Society! I assume it's it's trying to just, like, poke fun at, like, the military, maybe, like, how we, like, police things specifically. The military, the media. Yeah. It's poking fun at America in general, really. Yeah, at the time. Like, I think the most, the most, like, the least subtle, I guess, thing is that, uh, the fucking car, where it's some super expensive car, it gets shitty gas mileage, which mm-hmm. they literally say, and it's called the 6000 SUX. Yeah. yeah. 
That that's probably the most blatant. Like, oh, we're making fun of like American consumerism and corporatism and all this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. will say, like, the uh, the world building that they do with the fucking, like, advertisements and stuff like that, I think is significantly better here than it was in, like, Starship Troopers when they attempted this, a very similar thing there. Mm-hmm. Just because, mm-hmm. like, I don't, it, it, feels, it feels much more cohesive here, I'd say, and, like, it actually is adding substance to the film, uh, rather than, like, when it's not the fucking political shit in Starship Troopers and it's just, like, this random other stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. why, why should we care about this? Yeah. Yeah. I got a very yeah. important question. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jackson. I was just say going going back to like the tonal issue specifically. Uh, I don't know if I really see that as that much of a detractor. I definitely feel like the movie would have been stronger if they just like leaned more into like the satirical side of it. Um, like I kind of like what they were trying to do with him, you know, like remembering his past and all that stuff. But I don't, I don't honestly really didn't care that much, especially because it really doesn't amount to anything. Yeah. And, um, so I feel like honestly, just like scrapping that whole thing and kind of just like digging into more like RoboCop shenanigans, or maybe having like a more uh, grandiose at final scene. You know, I think the final like fight scene was pretty pretty grandiose mm. in and of itself. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think the tonal issues are probably like the biggest detractor for me. Um, everything else was pretty solid for the most part. Mm. Now I do have a very inqu- important question for you boys. Assuming we're not about to go to the ratings, who would win, Terminator or RoboCop? I'm pretty sure that ScrewTech did a death battle for this. I'm pretty sure Terminator won. Ignore them. I'm pretty sure Terminator would win. Yeah, I think they're probably right about saying Terminator would win. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen Terminator, so I'm gonna say RoboCop. Dude, I also think oh. RoboCop would win. I think RoboCop's pretty cool. Yeah, he has a jetpack in the third movie. Oh, Whoa. I didn't realize there was more than one. There's uh there's four RoboCop movies. Movies. Now I got a question. Would you boys buy that for a dollar? (laughs) I'd buy that for a dollar. It's a dollar. That's like nothing. Nico, would you buy that for a dollar? No. Oh man. I don't even know what that is. I'm not gonna (laughs) just shit. I'm not gonna fucking uh, give some random guy a dollar for nothing. What did you guys Mm. think of that slogan just popping up randomly throughout the movie? It was hilarious, Dylan. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought. I think it's funny because, like, the implicate. Obviously, they're making fun of like, I guess how dumb your uh, average uh, American is when it comes to the kind <laughs> of entertainment they like. But yeah, I thought it was great how it's just like this really shitty, not funny at all show, and then we're just seeing random people like the the store owner and the cr- criminals just be like, ah! <laughs> buy that for a dollar. <laughs> you know, fucking dying of laughter. Yeah, I think the, it's really elevated because like fucking. He's saying, he's saying like this quippy line, but it's not like really in response to anything. Like we don't, it, we just get the <laughs> punchline. We don't get any of the setup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. I love that shit. Uh, okay. Um, I guess I'll get my thoughts real quick. I'm the, I'm definitely the big, the big RoboCop fan here. This is um, your favorite movie, Tanner. This isn't my favorite movie. It's definitely up there though. I, I do love this movie. I agree. Ed two oh nine looks dated. And uh, I imagine that they did, that they went the method of comping in a motion, uh, a stop motion creature instead of like trying to build a robot for, I'd assume cost reasons, which is lame, but I believe this film was made on a relatively low budget as well. So they were working with what they had. Um, Dude, the Robocop costume cost them a million dollars to make. That's crazy. And it looks fucking great. It does. It looks Um, really good. One other detraction, uh, there there are definitely moments in the action scenes that look pretty silly because RoboCop is so immobile. Like, I think of when he's getting attacked by the ED-209, most of that looks fucking stupid. <laughs> uh, like, when he do- dodges out of the way of a missile and he just kind of goes, 
uh, and yeah. he like very slowly moves. Or he's there's like one scene where he he's like stumbling, I guess, from a missile, and he's down here, and he's like, oh, and it looks <laughs> fucking weird. Um, that was goofy. Um, yeah. For the most part, I do uh, really appreciate the fucking actor for RoboCop, though, and the way he's able to, like, do these robot movements generally without it looking mm. really dumb as he's, like, moving around and shit. Yeah, I thought yeah, that yeah, was pretty yeah. good. And I think, I think that's where uh, this movie really shines, which I think pretty much all of the characters are pretty great. Yeah. I think RoboCop is awesome. I think he's very well acted. I think he looks cool as fuck. I think we have a good group of villains, especially our main guy, Clarence Boddicker. Uh, I think he does a really good job being like a crime boss sort of guy, and he, he's really fucking despicable. They make you hate him uh, pretty immediately when he kills uh, Murphy. Yeah. Um, I like I like the chief. I like Dick Jones. I like Bob Norton. I, I think these guys all do a great job, and you really get what their character is, and they're pretty entertaining, uh, in my opinion. Um, and I think the story is pretty solid. And then yeah, I think the a lot of the effects that are practical, so the RoboCop suit and a lot of the, the blood and guts and gore, I think that all looks really good. Yeah, yeah that was real blood from that guy getting blasted in the meeting. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. There are versions of this movie where they try and make it PG-13, yeah. and so they just take out the blood from that. I, I accidentally watched one of those versions once after having seen the real one, and I'm like, what is this fucking bullshit? This is terrible. <laughs> I don't want that. Give me the guts. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I really like this movie, and uh, I'm ready to rank it if you guys are. I will say one last thing right before we go to okay. the rankings. What did you I guys? I wouldn't buy that for a dollar. Dang. Uh, in 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 uh, in terms of practical effects, and I guess this would be counted as gore. What did you guys think of like the part where the guy drives into the big old canister of toxic waste and then stumbles out as a melted blob of human mess? I liked it when they ran him over and he exploded like a water balloon. Yeah, that was that that shit was crazy. That blew yeah. my mind. I was not expecting that. That moment does, is weird and feels kind of out of place, but the the costume is good enough and him exploding is an awesome enough scene that I I I'm fine with it. Yeah. Even if I'm like, "Huh, he melted what? Yeah. Why is this?" But anyway, it was cool. <laughs> I'm shocked like I didn't activate his windshield wipers. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of drove off a cliff immediately after that, so yeah. True. Anyway. So, Tanner, if you're so yeah. high on this film, then, what are you going to be ranking it there, bucko? Earlier, just a couple days ago, I said, don't worry, guys. I don't think I'm going to give it an S, and I'm immediately reneging on my word. I am giving it an S-. minus. There we go. There you go. Uh, Dylan, how about you? What are you ranking it? Oh, my gosh, guys. I think I agree with Tanner. I'm going to give this movie an S. I'm just kidding. I thought this movie was still very good, though. I give it an A+. plus. Okay. That's absurd. Jackson, how about you, dude? Uh, I give it a B+. Plus. B+. Plus. Oh. Huh. That's much lower than I was expecting, honestly. I'm giving it an A-, though. There we go. Okay. Where does that land us? Probably an A. Uh, that puts us at B... Oh, that, I'm looking at my ranking still. Whoops. <laughs> uh, uh, that puts us at A. Don't got it. Gotcha. Okay. Solid A. I know I'm honestly part... surprised by that. I definitely thought that I was the lowest on this film, but... Huh. <laughs> and yeah, I was feeling a little bad about giving an A-, minus, but... <laughs> Oh. Now you don't have to feel bad. Exactly. Yeah. Now I feel great. Now I know that my vote was correct. <laughs> All right, Go which on. one's next? Uh, we're looking at Dylan's pick, this next one. Eight-Legged Freaks, Jackson? Yeah. Okay, so Eight-Legged Freaks is a story about some spiders, in case anybody was confused what had eight legs and were, in fact, freaks. 
Uh, so we start in the movie with this, like, scientist guy. He's in a cabin, his, like, research cabin or whatever. He's got this this child with him. And he's researching spiders. And, uh... Is I, he? I, yeah, he's... I think he's, he's just a, a spider enthu- enthusiast. I don't think he's researching them. He's been, like... He was, like, feeding them some shit to make him Yeah, bigger. so I guess what I should start with beforehand is, in fact, that there was a guy driving a truck and a barrel flies off into, like, this pond area... And it just infects the pond, and we're like, oh, that's probably going to be something. Again, the guy, the scientist guy's like, yeah, I've just been feeding them these crickets, and they're growing to a, to a humongous size. Uh, and then they accidentally leave one of the cages up. It's a tarantula cage. A tarantula gets out. Uh, the, the child this leaves. This is way too in-depth. It absolutely for is. For this movie. This, is, this sets up for how uh, the tarantula bites the guy, and he goes crazy. He starts knocking over all the cages, and the spiders escape. Uh, and so later on, we're like, oh my gosh, these spiders are growing huge. And so then eventually people start dying. uh, Pets start disappearing. Uh, people start dying. And, uh, they're like, we gotta get to the mall. That's the safe place. We can, we can hold up there. Um, and, uh, people just keep dying. They eventually escape to the caves. Uh, and they, they find, like, the nest. They find all these people cocooned up. Uh, and, uh, then they, they, they're like, these caves are full of methane. We can ignite them and kill all the spiders at once. So they, they do that. They, they put some matches in, like, a little light bulb thing. Uh, they turn on the power. The guy saves, like, his grandma or whatever. We don't actually know who this lady is in relation to this guy. Saves her. They ride out on this dirt bike. Uh, the whole thing explodes, and it's all over the end. All right, so, like, the plot of this movie is pretty goofy. Yeah. Uh, and the whole point of it is, like, to have these, like, wacky antics around the fact that these, like, big old spiders are invading things. Yeah. The spiders look so bad, so yeah. <laughs> tremendously bad, yeah. that it's impossible to take anything seriously. Yeah. I was going to say, and the movie falls very, very flat because of that. I was going to say, uh, in terms of flat, I think one of the, like, my gen- the genres that make absolutely zero sense to me at this point in time is when you combine horror and comedy. So far, I think the only movie that I've watched that successfully pulls that off is Scary Movie. Uh, anything else outside Those of that? Those aren't really even horror at all. Yeah, exactly. That's the issue here, Nico. Uh, I, it's just like you don't want to laugh and be scared at the same time. It's like choose an avenue. I think this movie could have very easily been a decent horror movie if they just decided to not put the funny antics in it. Because you're either laughing and then you get scared and it kills the comedy. Or you're scared and then something funny happens and it kills the horror. And I just don't understand that formula whatsoever. I mean, there was basically no comedy even really in this movie, though, is the yeah, thing. Yeah, it was, it was almost implied comedy. Like, there was a part where they were in the mall, and the spiders were, like, breaking in, and, like, the cop people are ready, and they turn around and look at the people, they're like, well, get ready, and then everybody's like, oh, yeah, I guess we should move it. And I'm like... Yeah, there are a few moments like that where it's like, okay, yeah, I guess they're trying to tell a joke here. Yeah, so... But, it, but like, for the most part, it's it's... First just, of all, they're unsuccessful basically every time they do that. And yeah. second of all, if they're trying to do it like any more than those super obvious moments, you just, you just don't notice it. Yeah, it's they truly did not. It's just it just kill. It, I, like I said, I think horror comedy combination just kills the movie in general. I don't. I don't think it's a great combination ever. I think this is the second one because I think Mars Attacks was also. A horror comedy. We also watched Cabin in the Woods, which I think was pretty successful with it. Yeah, that one was a good one, but like. It was more... I think the effects pulled it through, to be honest. Anyway. Sure. I think the only the only scene in this movie where I'm like, oh, this is reasonably entertaining was uh, when the dirt bike kids were running away from the jumping spiders. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that was that, that was I guess that was decently entertaining for me, and and that's about the only scene where I was like, oh, that was kind of fun. Yeah, <laughs> from what you can remember from that from that movie, I'm sure. Yeah, unfortunately, like I've heard that this movie is like really, really fucking bad. Um, but like out, for me, it just didn't even like really leave much of an impact at all. Like yeah. when you look at mm-hmm. something like Waxwork, like that movie's bad, but it's entertaining at the very least. This yeah. movie's just mm-hmm. kind of fucking dull. I, I just don't really feel much for it whatsoever. Yeah, I could definitely see that. It had yeah. it had big spiders going for it, and that's probably about it. I think I ended up telling you guys like halfway through the movie. Now that the spiders were practically comically large, I I, I think because like I I don't like yeah you were getting a little spooked early on, Dylan. Yeah, then once they grew to large proportions, it kind of the effect kind of wore off. I don't know how that works, but you know. The spiders looked goofy. I don't know. I, I agree with Jackson. Would you say this film successfully cured your arachnophobia, though? Uh, not at all. <clears throat> Bummer. I think it was proven at the start of this when you were doing the thing you chose to do for some god-awful reason. Don't just say that, Dylan. Tell the people exactly what I did. I showed them a little spider. I showed them It a wasn't a little spider. spider. That was a big spider. It was a big spider because the picture it was a super care, close-up man. picture. It was big in my mind. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He really thought the spider was as big as my head. Anyway, do we have anything else significant to say about this movie? <coughs> I'll take that as a no. <laughs> Jackson, Jackson think... what are you rating this movie? Yeah. Uh, me first. Uh, I'm starting off with a bang. Uh, D minus. Yeah, I expected that. <laughs> mm. I'm not going quite that low, but I am going pretty low. I'm giving it a D. Ah. D for dirt bike. There we go. Not for some kind of scientific name for a spider. Yeah, I'm also giving it a D minus. This one okay. wasn't very good. I'm roughly in the same ballpark. I gave it a C minus. That's a bit and higher of a ballpark. And I, I know, but just added a D overall. Okay, there we go. I think that's my new lowest. Yeah, no, I initially wasn't even gonna rate this movie that low, but just thinking about it more, it's like this this movie doesn't fucking do anything. It really does of interest to me whatsoever. It kind of had the same. It tried to follow the same plot as, like, Evolution, I think, but I think Evolution did a much better job. This Evolution is incomparably better than this movie in <laughs> yeah. every way. Yeah. And that movie still sucks. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's Eight-Legged Freaks. What's our last movie, Jackson? That was my pick of the week. That is the, uh, the horror fantasy movie Coraline. Ooh. Coraline? Coraline. Yeah, so this is a movie that takes place in Oregon, which is cool because we all live in Oregon. Uh, don't fucking, uh, don't dox us, you people in the comments. You know where we live, but don't type it out. Anyways, <laughs> uh, we have a family. Uh, it's a daughter, uh, you know, mother and a father, and they all move out to some, like, shared house in the Portland countryside. People live above them and below them. Uh, Coraline finds, like, a wall, like a door in the wall. Put some wallpaper over it. Mom helps her out to get in there. When she goes inside of the wall, it's like a... I kept saying it was like a reverse, like a mirror world. It's not. It's like a. It's like a fucking fake world that's created by some demon that lives in there. Other basically. world. The other world. Pocket yeah. dimension. Uh, the other world's a pretty apt way of phrasing it because that's basically how they say it in the movie. Yeah, but she finds mm-hmm. her other mother, or basically like her whole other like family. There's like the neighbor kid um, in there as well, and they just like treat her super well. They like show her like a really good time. Um, so she keeps wanting to come back in there. Eventually, uh, the mom kind of. I guess lowers the mask on like what what's going on here basically by prompting her to fucking sew some buttons on her eyes. She's like disgusted by this, um, and then you know just trying to like just never go back in there again. Um, unfortunately, her parents get kidnapped by the demon, 
which forces her to go back in there and attempt to save them, as well as, like, some weird subplot about the fucking kid's eyes and shit, which is uh, weird. Uh, but she ends up uh, saving her parents um, from the snow globe. Uh, the mom turns into, like, a full-on, like, fucking big spider demon thing that tries to uh, keep her there, uh, and they escape. And then there's, like, a final little battle thing where they try to throw the key to the... Uh, the wall into the well that's outside and the hand of the mom tries to like fight for it and they do that uh, and then after all that happens the uh, the parents love Coraline again uh, and it's a nice happy ending where everybody's sharing a fun little time together outside yay yippee yay. I thought this was a fun cute quirky spooky little movie yeah did you you kept bashing on it the entire time Tanner did I yeah you kept saying things like oh man I bet all those fucking Hot Topic girls love this movie. Look at Coraline. She's so quirky. She's got blue hair and shit. That's all true, though. That's not (laughs) me bashing it. That's all factual statements. You said you can't take the movie seriously because the only thing that you can imagine at the moment whenever you're watching it is just some girl sitting next to you being like, Oh my god, she's just like me. I love Coraline. She's just like me. I never said you added that I can't take it seriously part. I did say that second half. You're just making shit up right now. Tanner, you hated this movie. I didn't hate this movie. I actually liked it quite a bit. Anyways, let's get the elephant out of the room. That being the visual style this movie's presented in. That being stop motion animation. I think it's gorgeous. I think yeah, they did a, a really good job. I think this is probably my favorite stop motion animated film. I haven't really seen a ton of them, but this is this is definitely trumps any of the other contenders. You haven't seen Box Trolls? No. You yeah. haven't seen Kubo in the Two Strings? No, I, I've seen I've seen like Fantastic Mr. Fox. I want to watch that one again because I know that one's pretty solid as well. Yeah, um, lots of people love that one. I think I watched that one a bit too young. I don't really understand what's going on in it. <laughs> uh, this movie is pretty solid overall for me as well. The only things I really don't like that much, but it's not even really like that much of a detractor because it's kind of just what the movie is. Um, at least I said it's a horror fantasy, or I guess like horror like fantasy adventure thing. They have like a lot of random moments that kind of like. I don't, know, I don't know if you'd say they're, like, to appeal to children, but, like, when they're doing, like, the shows for her and stuff, I don't know. There really isn't, like, a ton of value in those scenes for me. Um, yeah, I feel like mostly... the little mice section in particular, I was like, I don't fucking care about these mice doing their stupid little <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, I'm absolutely vastly more interested in advancing the plot of what's going on with, like, the mom, the creepiness and all that stuff. And they had a lot of just scenes where you know, she's just talking to her quirky neighbors um, and kind of just wasting time. And I think those are probably my biggest gripes with the movie, honestly. See, in in reference to that, though, I view that as actually progressing the plot. And I'm only saying that in, a, in an abstract way because this world is trying to accomplish convincing her to stay. Uh, to show her that this world is more interesting than the one that she currently inhabits. And right now, her, her neighbors are boring. She doesn't like them. They're, they're not, there's nothing going boring. on with them in her... In her I don't world. think they're boring, or she doesn't like yeah. them. Yeah. Well, she but, seems to get along with them just fine. But okay, sorry, I misspoke. <laughs> However, this the other world is showing that these people are more entertaining. There's more entertainment value in this other world, which is what this what the mother is trying to accomplish overall. So I think going to these shows with the the mice and then seeing the two ladies perform. You know, I think that actually is overall progressing the plot because I think that's just the other mother's way of trying to 
convince Coraline to stay. It's all part of her master plan, which also ultimately ends up failing in the end. But like, yeah, in my mind, I was like, okay, this is this is the other mother trying to fulfill her goal of capturing Coraline and making her stay. Yeah, so but I, if, like, if those scenes are meant to be like entertaining Coraline, shouldn't they also be like trying to entertain us so we can kind of resonate more with Coraline? And be like, yeah, th- th- I can definitely see why she wants to stay. This is really cool. I'm I'm enjoying this as well, Coraline. I, I mean. I think the big part about it, I should have rephrased, I guess, is I, I understand the point of them is to, like, show her, like, how awesome the world is or all these cool things she can do and see in it. Um, but mostly that they just drag on a lot. Like, the fucking, the mice scene, the fucking, yeah, the dance opera, opera thing they were doing. It just, yeah. it just goes on for quite some time. I really just don't see, like, the value in a lot. Like, I like when they did, like, the rehash scenes where, like, oh, spooky when they're trying to get the eyes back. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Tanner hated that there. fucking dance scene as well. He was uh, having a oh, hard yeah. time looking at the screen. He spit up a little bit on himself. Yeah, um, I didn't but, like that at all. Yeah, I guess uh, uh, the other bigger issue I have with this movie as well is the eyes, getting back to the eyes thing seemed really out of place for me. Mm-hmm. I really couldn't like take it seriously. It's just one of the ghosts were talking. Like, it kind of felt like they were like going into some fucking video game-esque thing. Yeah. And it felt really, it felt really out of place for me. Huh? Please, madam, return our eyes to ice. Especially, I mean, like, you know, they're trying to find the eyes. There's only yeah. one eye per kid. What the fuck is the deal with that? And they don't even look like eyes. Yeah. They weren't. One was like a shift knob. It's just <laughs> symbolism. Yeah, but uh, I was about to say something about that, and then I immediately fucking forgot. Oh, yeah, I, I like the idea that the all the neighbors kind of know what's going on as well. Like, they're aware of what's happening, but they're maybe, like, not, you know, knowledgeable enough to actually, like, do something about it. Like, for example, you know, the grandma is pretty aware of it with, like, the doll... Yeah. Uh, the fucking upstairs neighbor guy knows about it because of the the rats whispering stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and then also the downstairs neighbors, I'm assuming, are aware of it because they made her that device that lets her see the eyes in the world. Yeah, I think that which was is a coincidence. Bit, which is a little bit of world building, I suppose. It also yeah. makes me kind of concerned that they're like, I don't know if in on it or something. I don't know why they're not trying to prevent this further from happening, I guess. I think but, they uh, just don't really know any specifics about it. They know there's something weird going on. They just don't know what exactly it is. Yeah, that's a mm. fair speculation. I, I will say, my strength or weakness, however you want to portray this, is I do, t- uh, in some scenarios, I do tend to immerse myself in the actual world of whatever the movie or book or whatever I'm doing. Just because of the fact... Coraline. Not, not necessarily <laughs> that, but because you were, you were talking about how like the my scene wasn't entertaining... Honestly, like I, they, I wasn't one way or another, but I was acknowledging that it was, you know, part of the movie, and like I don't know, I, I guess I could say it was entertained, but that's because I, you know, I guess I wasn't viewing it from an audience perspective necessarily. I don't think I really view a lot of these movies unless I want to. I mean, if you, if you are the audience and if you're entertained watching it, then it worked for you. It just didn't work for you, like Nico. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I, I think one thing that I'm always constantly worried about is I, I have to view these movies the same as you guys, and that's. You don't, not you the, don't, though. Your whole point of this is that you view the movies yourself and give your own ratings based on your own experience. Yeah, it would just help if, you know, mm-hmm. if I gave a rating, you guys wouldn't question me whenever I do. Uh, that's your fault? Well, no, we're still allowed to question you. No, 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 um, I mean, like, out, outside the obvious reasons. Anyway, go on. <laughs> uh, I kind, of, I kind of, I agree with Jackson to the extent that, and I do believe I said this while we were watching it, I, I think felt like we i wanted to get to the twist of you know the other world being evil and whatever a bit quicker and a a way they would have accomplished that is by definitely cutting down on the amount of time the wonders uh took up the garden one didn't seem like it took very long at all so they probably could just made the other two more of that length um 
But yeah, and I kind of agree with Jackson on how the ghosts and the eye quest kind of just comes out of nowhere. Um, they I imagine need more to happen in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of seems like that was the case, but I, instead they could have just I don't know come up with some reason why Coraline need to go back to each of those three locations in order to just save her parents. Like that's. I, yeah, in like my find, opinion, find a compelling three keys to unlock a door they're trapped in or something. Yeah, some shit like that. It's, in my opinion, that's a compelling enough. Like saving her parents is a compelling enough reason for her to go back into the world. We didn't need to have the weird ghost thing. Hmm. Yeah, like the ghost really. The only purpose the ghost really serve in the plot in at all is just them explaining the fact that if she does in fact go through. Was you know getting the button so they rise. She's just gonna get fucking like eaten or killed by mm-hmm. the, de- the demon chick anyways, which is fine. I like that they had that exposition, but the ghosts really don't serve any other purpose other than you know the fucking the yeah, game the exposition thing they do. Um, it yeah, like the whole. I thought they were gonna do more with it at the end because I honestly forgot what they did with it. Mm-hmm. But they don't really do fucking anything. Like she like mentions like the they're free or something to the grandma, and then nothing happens with it afterwards. I'd have been fine with. Have it be one ghost, even have it be YB's grandma's sister. Mm. Uh, don't do the eye thing, and you can have her explain, oh, here's how the buttons work, and I'm trapped here until you, like, kill the mother, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I also, personally, this is just, like, a little gripe with me. Like, whenever, like, a villain makes a deal with, like, our hero character or whatever, and they just, like, go back on the deal, I don't like that, personally, very much. I much prefer it if, like, you know... Uh, fucking, they do it. They did the thing that they were promised. Uh, but then, like, there's there's some kind of little twist with it, you know? There's some twist that they weren't anticipating. That's just far more interesting to me. Kind of like a, mm-hmm. I guess, a genie wish, I guess, is what you're thinking. Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah, okay. sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of just expected at this point, like, whenever our protagonist makes a deal with the, the villain or the antagonist, you, you kind of know in the back of your mind, you're like, all right, there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a backstab. When and where is it gonna happen? So I guess subverting that expectation would be rather entertaining. I, but I don't yeah, know. But that's dumb and lame. So <laughs> I, I I personally don't feel that way about the eye quest. I just kind of was like she's deriving power from killing children, obviously, or eating them or whatever she does. And like these spirits are trapped here, and it's like fueling this world. And in order to make sure this world doesn't come back, or at least is not as strong as influence as it was before. Uh, releasing the children's spirits not only because it's the right thing to do, but also just to, like, you know, not have this world be powered. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I guess I I guess I don't really think too far outside of, like, this is, we're doing this now, this is where we're at. Unless it's truly obscene and, like, out in left field. So I didn't think the ghost children eye thing was weird at all for me personally. Hmm. I think it would have been neat if you're going to have the ghosts in it, I much would have preferred if uh, there was, like, hints of them throughout the movie yeah. instead of just showing up when uh, she gets thrown in that timeout room. Like, you know, when uh, when the mother is, you know, being friendly and trying to trick her into wanting to stay in this world, have the ghosts, you know, like, whisper something in her ear or they, uh, you know, they do something the weird that tips off. Oh, something kind, yeah. They, they t- do something to tip off. Oh, maybe I shouldn't trust the mother or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, slowly peel back like, the veil. Isn't it, isn't it literally, like, <laughs> the only thing that prevents Coraline from going through with it is she's just like, oh, I think the button thing seems uncomfortable. <laughs> like, she isn't even, su- she isn't really suspicious of the mom at all yet. No. Ma- maybe slightly because I think the cat said something to her before yeah. that point. Yeah. But really, it's just because she's like, oh, that seems painful. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So she started to get that like vibe after they were being uber persistent about the buttons and all that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I will yeah. also say uh, before I get to like a couple things also bothered me. I will also just go just state real quick here. I really liked this movie. Okay, I, yes. I really enjoyed yeah, it a lot. We're ragging on it a lot. <laughs> We we sure we're picking it to death for no reason. We're, we're, we're giving it a bunch of negatives here, but ultimately, I think it was a great movie. You yeah. know, a, a fantastic animation, had a good soundtrack, all that kind of stuff. You know, it was very charming overall. I would say. However, also just like the little moments of comedy they try and get in here and there, where it's like, "My name's Coraline. Stop calling me Caroline." I didn't fucking care. They did it so many times in this movie. It's like, how how do how are none of these people gain their name correct? It's not it's not fucking funny anytime that they do it. Okay. Uh, and then just especially like, since like especially since like like they just did it they just named her that so they could do those jokes exactly I mean I viewed it more as uh, this is another reason why she hates her real world and wants to go to the other world that that's how I viewed mm. that nobody was getting that's her name enough. right in the in the real world so it was like fuel of the fire yeah. I think it's dumb still I didn't like it very much that's fine also just like she the way she fucking bullies the other kid. Why is that? Yeah. <laughs> Girls don't like stalkers, man. What can I say? Well, I think that is kind of the point is that, you know, Coraline is acting like her life is, like, terrible in this real world. But it's just, like, listen, her parents clearly love her. They're busy, okay? Yeah. And, yeah, she is kind of just, like, just an asshole, kind of. She has a real negative attitude. And so it, we're kind of balancing, like... She's a child, so she thinks her life is this, that, and the other. But, like, we're watching it, and we're like, oh, well, yeah, that's kind of how it is. I understand why she feels that way, but also, like, she needs to grow up a little to get over that. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I like they accomplished, I feel, in the end of the movie. Because I, I think some people can interpret, oh, man, the parents changed. Like, something in that other world affected them, and now they're better parents to Coraline. I think it was more of a mutual meet-in-the-middle point. I think so. it's mostly just because they say her parents got, like, that big break with their blog or whatever. I assume that got them, like, a decent amount of money and probably, probably. more free time. So they could have spent time with their child, and her, the ending is just what would have been the product of them spending time with their child. Yeah, yeah exactly. Also, just, like, one more little complaint, okay? This is my last one, I swear. The fucking, like, final confrontation with the fucking hand I thought was really stupid. I don't think it was very necessary. <laughs> yeah, she could just, like, leave... Because this literally, uh, like, unboxes a can of worms with the fact that she could just leave into the real world whenever the fuck she wanted as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which ultimately... So why, why doesn't she? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, which ultimately defeats the purpose, like, at the end, where she's, like, trying to get through the door on her end. And, like, it just ultimately gets closer, 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 and then she finally shuts it. And it's like, why doesn't she just break through before she locks it then? Kind of thing. Or, like, chase her through the tunnel, you know? So yeah, like also uh, doesn't like the other version of like the little boyfriend. He's like, no, I can't, I can't go over there. Okay, I, yeah. I can't enter that world with you. Look, my hand is turning to sand or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Well, well I, I assume maybe that's because they she had some sort of like restriction on him specifically that she wouldn't maybe. You know, get put on herself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's because he's like not real. He's like a construct that she made. Yeah. That's. Know? I think that's. I think that's what it was because I think she's the puppet master, and then yeah, she has all of her yeah, constructs. You, like, and they puppets. show like the world's like deconstructing. It's all stuff she created. I think yeah. it's really just her, like in her own world that she made. Yeah. Maybe she should get that bug ass over here into this world so we can have a good time. Ain't that right, boys? Ayo! Tanner, what are you ranking this movie? I'm going to give this movie a solid A. Solid. Solid. Dylan, how about you? I am also going to give this movie a solid A. That's fucking nuts. Jackson, how about you? Uh, I give it an A-. minus. Holy smokes. I'm going to be giving it an A+. 
Uh, <laughs> just an A. Damn it, Jackson. Crazy. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm so okay. sorry. I'm a contrarian. It's okay. Mm. That's... I liked the movie slightly less than you guys did. Mm. Anyways, that puts it at uh, an A, unsurprisingly. Unsurprisingly. Fantastic. Two A's and a D this week. Holy smokes. Is it time Whoa. to roll? That, yes, that means it is time to pick our, our new movies for this week. Jackson, roll the Patreon. Oh, oh I, I can't you. wait. I know what you did last time. Isn't this a horror movie? Yes. Yes. How convenient. Right? Thank this you, is our... Pirate 46. Going yeah, off this is our bang. This is our final round of our horror movies. So, so I'm going to be picking 2005's The Descent. The Descent? Whoa. Sounds familiar. And that's your good one? That's my good movie. Okay, so I'm picking my bad one. I'm going to be picking, I believe, 2014's World War Z. Oh, you think it's bad? Spoiler for Tanner's Woof. feelings of World War Z. <laughs> Woof. I, don't, I know it's not a great movie. I don't think it's bad, though. Let me double check the year on I, that 2014 one. sounds right. Maybe 2015. Uh, 2013. Oh, look at that. We were... My bad. I was 14 years old. That's why I was going off of. Gotcha. Um, Anyway, there we go, guys. We are watching I Know What You Did Last Summer, uh, The Descent. Wait, The Descent? Is yep, that what you said? The Descent. And World War Z. I'm excited, guys. I'm so pumped. I'm so mm-hmm. fucking excited for these movies. Oh. And, I'm and if e- you want to... Oh. Go on, Tanner. If you... <laughs> if you want to be able to recommend your own movies, uh, just like our patron uh, Lucas Ledette did... Uh, you uh, just have to go over onto patreon.com forward slash guapish and subscribe for only $1. In addition to getting in our Discord, which allows you to uh, make your own movie recommendations, you can also suggest your own topics, talk with the crew, you get early access to every single episode, and access to our exclusive pre-show, the pre-guap, and you get five... And you get 500 slime coins. And finally, uh, what your patron uh, gets you is your name read out at the end of every single episode, just like uh, I'm about to do, because I haven't done it in a very long time. Thank you to our patrons, Raheem Rajawani, Kyler Nikolai, I'm a cat, meow, 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 Top Ramen Man, Joshua Bean, Macho Man, Retard Savage, Tutbot, Lucas Ledet, Hunter, and Jacob Edwards. I especially love you, Jacob Edwards, and please, please subscribe to the Patreon. You can you can come in here and talk to Dylan, okay? I know how much mm-hmm. you want to do it. Talk to the man. You can do uh, it. You guys you really will have twenty four hour access to Dylan. Yeah, we'll give you that his phone number. Weird. Don't do that. <laughs> and as always, thank you very much for watching. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.